but it takes a lot of, you know, ambition and a lot of drive to follow through and a lot of believing in yourself, even when you really don't, you know, you kind of have to push yourself. And um, that's really what, you know, what it takes to succeed. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. I am so excited that you are here. Um, Today we have the amazing Wendy Wagner. She is one of the top session vocalists in L.A., Um, very in demand folks I mean this is such an impressive resume and you know I know it's not just all about that but it kind of is because when I looked at her resume you know I I went to her website and um, I thought you know not only is this just a really extensive you know impressive resume and it takes a long time to build something like that but I feel like it also takes a lot of openness and it takes a lot of um, really good people skills and you know it just takes a lot of you know this this comes up in this podcast but vulnerability you know just a lot of professionalism and you know people have to like you if you work this much you've developed good relationships you've made friends um, you know, you're flexible, you're easy to work with, you're professional, you've got a strong voice, you come in prepared, you show up on time. You know, and we talk about all that kind of stuff, but, you know, having um, been a singer as long as I have been, you know, that's something that I understand about a resume like this. And I guess some people can skate by um, being awful to other people, but I mean, ultimately that's not going to get you anywhere, especially if you are, um, you know, coming in to support other people. If you're coming in as a hired gun, um, that kind of stuff ain't going to work. So you have to, um, really develop, you know, those people skills and that openness. And I, when I saw Wendy's, um, website, which is wendywagner.com, um, I just thought this is a person who is truly aligned with their purpose. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And it's not an easy thing. And that's really why I wanted to talk to her so that, you know, certainly I could learn something, but I could also share it because when I get good information, I love to share it with everybody. You know, just to say a little bit about her resume, because it is so flippin' impressive. She is um, toured as a backing singer for Katie Lang, just one of the most gorgeous voices, I think, um, around today. And um, also for Joe Walsh of the Eagles. She has appeared on recordings for Britney Spears, um, Kelly Clarkson, Barbra Streisand, um, and Neil Young. I mean, this is just naming a few. As a songwriter, her work has been placed in numerous Disney projects um, and The Fosters and Pretty Little Liars and work in TV commercials. Over 100 spots for Barbie, 50 spots for Polly Pocket, Coke, Macy's, Lexus, and she's done tons of work on Glee. I believe over 450 um, recordings for that show and was also the lip sync coordinator for a time on there as well such a fun show that must have been just a delight to work on um also what else she has her art of pop vocal production workshop that she holds here in los angeles which i definitely want to go to so if you go you sign up you'll see me there you'll see us both there (laughs) um you know and it also occurred to me uh as she was talking about that that you know i haven't had much um in the way of real training or direction as far as how to sing pop. I've only um, really 
you know, I went to school, I went to UC Riverside and uh, majored in, in vocal performance. Um, but, you know, like most schools, the emphasis is on classical and jazz, um, which is fine. And I think that those are wonderful foundations. I think at this stage in the game, it's especially since I do so much, I'm starting to do a lot more write, writing and pop music and I'm doing my own demos. I think it makes a lot of sense for me to um, go to a workshop like this so I can really, really understand what it is I'm doing. Because I do a lot of mimicking and, and stuff like that, but I don't know that I have any um, solid thing that I always do to get a certain result, you know, tools. So um, this will be good to do, I think. Um, and I think that's why it's, it's good to make a, an honest assessment um, you know, of your skills, of the tools you have. Even if you've been singing for a long time, I feel like there's always something to learn. There's always something to be gained you know, from going to somebody who's been doing um, what you'd like to do for a long time and just seeing how they do it. I mean, not, you know, I think it's a very generous thing to teach, um, you know, to teach people what it is you do. Because I have heard of um, artists, I won't say any names, that were um, kind of asked <laughs> to do this for people and kind of bowed out at the last minute because they didn't want anybody to know their secrets. On, I mean, honestly, I, I did hear that. I don't know if that's true, but I thought that's kind of lame, you know. Um, tell people your secrets. I mean, they're not going to do it the way you do it, you know. And it's a contribution to the world, I think. There's so many awful contributions that get made, you know, to teach somebody something, you know, wonderful and creative um, that can really um, enhance the beauty of the world, enhance the beauty of of the art of music why not teach somebody how to do that you know they'll do it their way and you know you're teaching your you're leaving kind of your legacy you know that can just be carried on beyond your lifetime and you're making a real impact on somebody else's life that's just you know I think of all the teachers I've had and I am so appreciative of you know them giving me their time and energy and um you know, their belief in me. So why not, you know, create that relationship with somebody? Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit, but I think, you know, it's a great way to leave a legacy. It's, um, and taking a class, taking a workshop is a wonderful way to sharpen your skills and make some new relationships. You know, um, I've gone to a lot of workshops and I've always, I always pick up new friends, you know, um, genuine friends that I meet for coffee and have lunch with and go to their houses and, you know, actual friendships. So, you know, also when we talk about networking, that's what we mean. You know, go with an actual interest um, and getting to know people who do what you do and, and see how they do it. And you can talk about what you do. And, you know, so it's not such a lonely endeavor. You know, it's not just it's not just you. Um, I'm digressing again. So. <laughs> But I'm very excited, very, very excited for you guys to hear all of the wisdom that Wendy imparts. Um, so without further ado, Wendy Wagner. How are you doing this morning? How's everything going? Everything's going okay. You know, just uh, repositioning life right now. Just, uh, you know, we had lost our home in our recording studio in the Woolsey Fire here in California. And no. So yeah, we just kind of have been in a weird standstill for the last few months and um, kind of staying one place and another. And I'm going to Nashville for a couple of weeks with my husband tomorrow. And uh, we been kind of living back and forth and working and just moving ahead, you know, until we can get back on our land and start rebuilding. Mm. So that's, been, that's been my morning. Other than that, <laughs> just wow. re repositioning. Yeah. Well, I've got them. So sorry to hear that. That's oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a big shock. We had just finished our studio. We had just remodeled it, and literally, like two months later, it's gone. So we were. It was uh, not fun to go through. But you know, I guess when things like this happen, you have to look at the bright side, and yeah. you have to continue working. You have to continue creating. It's you know that stuff just doesn't stop, mm -hmm. which is. Um, which is great. I mean, my first session back, 
as a singer, you know, I was just like, oh, I needed it so bad. I needed to just reconnect with things that were normal again. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. My goodness. Um, yeah. Where, are you, where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles, believe it or not. I was born at USC and uh, raised in the Valley. Oh, wow. And I've been here my whole life. You know, I've traveled a lot. Um, kind of lived in every city, but I am a Los Angeles um, native, which wow. I know is rare. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> well, you know, my husband was born in Hollywood. He was born at Hollywood Presbyterian. Oh, wow. And he grew up in the Valley, too. So. <laughs> yeah, you had a compadre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, all a lot of my my friends are natives because I grew yeah. up with them. The yeah. people in the business, it's every now and then I'll run into one that's actually from here. Most people yeah. come from other places, you know. Yeah. So, but I love it here. It really is. Uh, it's a very special place to me. Yeah. Was your um was your family musical from when you were growing up? Yeah. Yeah. My father is a singer, and um. Mm -hmm you know, doesn't sing professionally anymore, but basically he was a singer and um, my mom was not musical, but you know, my dad always had a band or something going. And my brother is also an incredible musician, very, very talented mm. and great singer. And um, so my brother and I kind of grew up around my dad and his bands and music and um, we were one of the first, uh, my dad was one of the first people to have like a commercial recording studio located at our property. And so I grew up in a studio. I literally just grew up singing in a recording studio. So it was, wow. it was quite fun. Um, but my dad was never in the session singing world. He basically was an artist and, and then he, he played with a band that traveled, uh, did like top 40 type stuff and, you know, mm. traveled professionally. But was not in the session singing world at all. So um, I didn't know anybody or know how to start at all. It just kind of, uh, you know, was something that was a mystery to me. And I started much later in my life, actually, because I, I, um, I always had to have a good job. And I was out on my own really early. Mm. And, um, you know, I worked at some really great places. I worked at ABC Television. I worked at Creative Artists Agency as an executive assistant. Oh, wow. And um, into my 20s, I was, gosh, 20, 27, 28 years old when I decided to become a full-time professional singer. So wow. I was late in the game. I had had a record deal. I had, you know, I had done recording my whole life. It's not like I, I was living a different life and decided to be a singer. Yeah. I was a singer and I was in a band mm -hmm. with my brother for many, many, many years. Um, but I always had to pay the bills. I always had to pay wow. the rent. And so I kept a really great job and did the music on the side. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got to a point where I thought, I have to flip this. I have mm -hmm. to, you know, do an occasional job on the side and make singing my living, yeah. you know? And it was very, 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 very hard. Um, working at CAA, I was making a really good paycheck and you know a lot of people warned me not to leave and you know where else was I going to get that kind of job mm. um, my education was I, I didn't go to college um, I left early uh, in high school with a GED oh wow and, uh, yeah to pursue music and basically I I didn't have a lot to go to fall back on if I left CAA mm. which was a really hard decision for me but um, I'm really glad that I did. Mm. And, um, I just took, you know, I took a deep breath and jumped off the cliff. And 21 years later, here I am wow. um, with the career that I've had. And it's been remarkable. And um, I, I, I'm so happy that I took that chance. But it was very, very hard. And the first year of it, I became professional full time. Mm -hmm. um, I set myself up. Basically, I had no debt. I, I owned my car. Mm. I thought, okay, if I, if I do one demo or two demos a month, I'll be able to pay my rent and eat mac and cheese, basically. Mm. And, um, that's kind of what I did. The first year was horrible. And as most, as most first years in any career. And, um, but I, you know, I ended up meeting a couple really important people, key people to my career. Mm. Um, I used to put together, 
gosh, this turned into a long explanation, sorry, but oh, <laughs> I would put yeah. together these promotional packages and I would, you know, um, I had this book called the industry source book that used to be able to buy. I think you can access it now online, which of course we, I didn't have, I didn't have the ability to go on the internet and just type in record producers and, and things like that. So I bought this source book and it listed all, you know, uh, record producers, songwriters, all kinds of different people with their addresses. And I typed out a letter saying, you know, um, I'm a professional singer and I would love to send you my, my reel basically, you know, could, could you give me permission basically? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think with my background at CAA, it taught me a lot about how to, how to run business, which is, which was great. Mm. I sent out a hundred letters and I got one response saying, sure, go ahead and send it. Wow. And, um, I, that cycle kept going. And, but out of that one batch, I mean, out of that first batch, I ended up meeting Billy Steinberg, who is an amazing songwriter. If, if you don't know about him, he's written everything from Like a Virgin, Stand By Me, um, Alone, um, True Colors. He's written some incredible songs. And he basically kind of just started introducing me to different songwriters. Um, and then I ended up working for David Foster and singing, you know, um, on Barbara Streisand records and things like that within my, you know, within about a year and a half. Wow. So, it really, um, it really launched me and, and I, I had to put that work in. I had to go every day and write these letters to, I didn't even know who these people were. I was just kind of mm. throwing it out into the universe and seeing what was coming back. Mm. And that's how I started my career. Wow. That's yeah. I think, you know, gosh, I've interviewed several singers, you know, and uh, it's so interesting to me how many of us uh get you know day jobs and which is yeah. fine I mean, you know we've got to pay the bills we have to eat we want we, we don't want to live with our parents anymore and yeah. <laughs> so that's what we yeah. do you know yeah. but it's like you know we it seems to be a common thing that we just get to a point where it's just like i cannot do this anymore i need to sing full-time and i i need to i just need to have that any way that i i can have it and then it's like yeah. once you embrace that your life just seems to explode. I mean, you know, I'm looking at like all of your credits and I'm just like, wow, this was meant yeah. to be like, that's amazing. <laughs> so I know, I know, I really, I, I know I've seen it with other singers too. Mm -hmm. And people that, you know, were reluctant to change their life um, yeah. in such a dramatic way. And you do have to kind of set yourself self up for it. You know, I think now, if I were to do a career change in my life with being a homeowner and having a child and being married and, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that I wasn't at the time, I think it, it would be much, much harder, you know, having credit card debt or any kind of debt, you know, wow. having a car payment, things mm -hmm. that you have to be responsible for on mm -hmm. a monthly basis that you, you know, as a singer, you know, you just don't know when the phone is going to ring and it's, it's pretty hard. So keeping, those things down, keeping your expenses yeah. down yeah. and getting in a position to say, you know, whether or not if you do live with your parents and you are younger and you're starting out, that is the best possible scenario. Um, I wish I had gone that route. Um, but, you know, at the time I was focusing on my band and I was focusing on my original music. I never even thought of becoming um, a session singer who would sing on commercials and um, television shows and records and films. And, you know, I just didn't even really know it existed Yeah, and uh, kind of fell into it because I was recording my first record and we were recording at a company called Rondor, which was down on La Sierra in, in LA. And it was a, it was a publishing house and it had this beautiful recording studio in there. And that's where we were recording the record and songwriters were coming in and saying, Hey, you know, do you want to sing on my song and pays a couple hundred dollars. And I was thinking, Hmm, this, you know, I have to work all day to make this money, you know, or two days to make this money, yeah. whatever it might have been. And I thought, this is interesting, but I was such an artist that I had the hardest time thinking that. I could sing like for somebody else's song or sing for Coca-Cola or Barbie or anything and like do it wholeheartedly, you know, because I was, 
I was a little bit like, well, I only sing my songs. I only sing songs I compose because yeah. I'm also a songwriter. And the first time that I did it, I worked with a composer named Bones Howe, or producer named Bones Howe, and he produced like Elvis Presley in the association. I mean, like way, way back, way before my time. And he came in and he had this song and I don't even remember the song, but he was very in love with it. And he told me this story about this song and mm. from his perspective. And I went in there and I sang it from like his perspective and his face just lit up like a light bulb. And he jumped up and he was like, Oh my God, you know, this song is a life, you know, and it just, it made me completely explode inside because mm. it was like giving you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is a job, click, you know, clock in, clock out, answer someone's phone, type a letter, go, you know, run an errand. It was doing a creative job mm -hmm. with my voice that was also giving to, to something, you wow. know? Yeah. And I could not believe I, I was on cloud. I mean, I can't even tell you I was on cloud 10, 11, you know, walking out of there just thinking, I want to feel like this forever. And it didn't matter if it was the greatest song in the world and it didn't matter if it was a $200 job or a $50,000 commercial. It was always the same feeling, especially if the people you were working with were like Bones Howe, were excited and, you know, were really in love with the process too. Mm -hmm. So I just, I completely fell madly in love with session singing. Mm. And I think that was really the catalyst to, um, to get me out of my job. Because I thought, hmm, you know, I really only need to do these many, you know, these many jobs and then I can be bare bones living and be happy. And I remember the first month that I got my little apartment and I had some furniture in there and had my basic stuff. And I came in and I flicked on my lights and I thought to myself, I did not do that working at CAA. You know, I turned these lights on with my freaking voice, mm -hmm. you know? that first realization of all my bills were being paid yeah. by me singing. And it was an enormous, powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just, it just empowered me and kept me going. Um, and I kept thinking, okay, momentum, momentum, you know, every day that I send out an email or every day that I make a phone call or, or look for a new client, um, it seemed that the more momentum I put out, the more momentum I got back, mm. you know, instead of sitting there on my couch thinking, I want to be a singer one day. Right. You know, that doesn't really do much. Right. So it's really about taking the, the steps toward what you really want and, and having the, the guts to do it, obviously the courage to do it and do and following through. And it just seems like, like you were saying, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it seems to just, give it back to you when you're really putting everything you have into it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Life does respond. I got to say. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe not always in the best way, but sometimes it does. It's a response. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your workshop. Tell us all about it, how it came to be. And yeah. Who's it for? Okay. Um, well, it's basically a pop vocal workshop. It's, it's really for people who are interested in being, you know, recording singers. Um, it's a recording technique workshop. Mm -hmm. I'm not a vocal teacher um, or a vocal coach. I know some amazing ones that I refer to people all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but this is basically what I've learned in all of my pop singing, whether it be Britney Spears, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, you know, Carrie Underwood, um, Katy Perry, you know, all the different pop singers. And I do so much pop singing. I would say that's probably absolutely my number one bag and what I'm called for the most. And it's really just the technical aspects of knowing how to do that and being behind the mic and showing someone how to do it. So it's not like sitting in a room and me talking about it. Um, it's a very small group. I generally have anywhere from like 10, sometimes 13. I, I top out at 13 singers because we're all in a round mm -hmm. and we basically, we do a little listening. We talk about a little th you know, the differences between 
pop country and R, um, you know, R&B pop mm -hmm. and the differences of what they're doing with their technique in their singing, mm -hmm. how they're approaching their singing, how they're approaching their background vocal arrangements, um, all that stuff. And basically we go through a little bit of listening. We go right into singing and it's one-on-one. -on -one. So each individual singer gets up at the mic and we play something and I ask them to do a certain thing. And then we basically go in and say, and I show them the techniques of how to get a very specific sound of what they're looking for and what we're trying to get on that specific song. Mm. And then um, we take a little bit of a break and then we come back and we actually get to uh, work with some of the top pop artists that I've worked with, that I've done vocal arranging and recording with and for, and I'll use some of those tracks and we actually get to sing with, you know, some stuff that I've worked on, some really great artists. Wow. So it's super, super fun. It's very fast paced and there's no group singing. It's basically just one on one. And what's great about having everybody in the round, in the room, is everybody learns from each singer. Mm. So some people get it very naturally they know exactly what to do um on you know the song will come up and i'll show them a part and they'll know exactly how to do it mm -hmm. and then there's some that struggle with it and then we work on exactly how to get that technique mm -hmm. and so the next singer is learning from that singer and so on and so on and um it is really such a great fun time that you know i've this is only my third workshop that i'm doing Mm. And um, every one of these groups, they all stay in touch and they all send emails to each other and send emails to me and um, send me songs they're working on. And there's, there's, you know, a continuous relationship and continuous flow that goes on, you know, after the workshop. Mm. And that's also a really important thing is getting to know yeah. other singers and mm -hmm. contractors like myself, like um, taking the workshop is fantastic, but it's also getting in the room with other people that are doing what you're doing right? and, and meeting different people uh, like myself. And I've been able to hire a couple students um, on jobs. Not that I promise that, but it's, you know, it's definitely a great way to meet someone um, like myself who hires singers because I can see what you're capable of doing in the studio. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of these people that come in, it, you'd think they're all kids. They're not. They're, you know, most of them are in the younger age range, but some people come in. Um, I, I had a 14-year-old and a 50-year-old in the same class. Yeah. And um, it's really, really cool because, again, it's a networking opportunity for the singers and uh, for me to get to know new singers. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching my passion, which is really what how I came alive, you know, in, in, in finding these techniques and coming up with these different things that, um, I learned to come up with, you know, on my own, I ended up becoming hired as vocal producer, vocal arranger, because I knew how to get these very specific sounds. Mm. There's a lot of ghosting and a lot of different things that I've done over the years for a lot of records. And, you know, it's just teaching the different techniques and how to come up with that. Mm. So that's kind of who it's for. Mm. And, um, it's super fun and it's super fast. It goes very, very fast. Even though it's four hours long, we take a tiny little break to eat something, mm -hmm. but it's very fast and fun. And again, it's, um, it's kind of a way for everybody to, to learn these things that I've been doing for years. Mm. And I decided to start doing it because there really was nobody teaching it. Mm. And I must get two to three requests, you know, a week asking me for, you know, to teach vocals or, mm. you know, if, if I would come and work with the singer and I've done stuff like, um, I've done coaching, you know, I definitely have done coaching with actors and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, lip syncing. I, I was the lip sync coordinator on Glee for a little while. Right. I've done things like that, but vocal lessons are not something that I, I would teach because I've never taken lessons. So I feel like I'm not a taught singer. So mm -hmm. therefore I really can't turn around and say, 
this is how you sing. Mm. Um, vocal coaching to me is very different. It's uh, someone who already is a singer and somebody who already has the technique to be a singer. Right. And you're showing them production techniques, how to move your voice, how to, how to change your voice, how to you know, change the direction of what you're doing, mm. what you're thinking about, you know, as far as production. So that's why it's kind of a, a very different class. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's definitely not me, 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 me. It's not, <laughs> it's not that at all. Yeah. Uh, we don't do scales. We don't talk about anything about um, theory. It has nothing to do with reading. It has nothing to do with notes on a page. It has everything to do with what you're hearing mm -hmm. uh, because pop singing is not about reading notes and it's not about um, technicality. It's really about what you're feeling, how you, to emote, you know, your emotion mm. basically and how to, to come across uh, as an artist, really. Pop singing is very much about being an artist. Mm. So it's a different, it's a different uh, lane. And so many of my other uh, session singer, contractor comrades were basically saying this, you know, this is such a great idea. You should teach this. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me try. And, you know, the first couple workshops sold out and I had a blast. I literally just had a blast and have met some really great singers. That's awesome. So that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, so what do you look for in the singers that you hire as a vocal contractor? Well, that changes from job to job. Right. Um, you know, it depends. If some if somebody calls me and says, I need a gospel choir, you know, I need eight to ten singers for the gospel choir. I I really know who to go to. I really know, you know, what singers that I've worked with um that sing in that style. If somebody sends me their reel and I really like them, I'll put them in my vocal reel section and I'll be able to go back and listen. Mm -hmm. I try my hardest to hire new up and coming singers, young singers, mm -hmm. um, because when I was coming up, there wasn't a big, huge open door. There wasn't a bunch of people with their arms open saying, come in, mm -hmm. you know, it was quite the contrary. Um, it was really, really hard to break into session singing and mm -hmm. commercial singing, you know, for film and television, the union work, the SAG after work, it was really difficult. Um, not that there weren't some really wonderful people that I still have relationships with today, but there were also some other people that just didn't want any young up and coming singers to get in. Mm -hmm. So I always vowed that if I were in a position of being able to hire somebody that I would change that. Mm. And, uh, so I try to try to look for up and coming singers, new, new kids, new, and it doesn't have to be a kid. You could be 35 and starting out. It's just someone who's just starting out mm -hmm. to give them experience. Um, if it's someone I really believe in, <clears throat> but I do have to say that, you know, out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of singers that contact me on a, you know, regular basis, rarely do they follow through. And I think that that is the hardest thing to do. And I understand, you know, because it is, it's hard to put yourself out there. Here's my reel. Well, how do you make a reel? You know, so many people I'll say, can you send me an example of your singing? You know, well, I don't have anything recorded. Um, I don't, okay, can you videotape yourself singing? Well, I don't, I don't know. You know, they, they don't do the follow through. Mm. Um, so the people that, the singers that take it upon themselves to invest in doing a reel, um, which is basically just downloading, you know, um, tracks from the internet and going to a studio and recording on them, mm -hmm. editing them and putting them together, which you can do on GarageBand. Um, the kids that, or the singers that put the effort into showing you what their recorded voice sounds like um, are the ones that I listen to first. Right. You know? And it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to get these younger singers who are starting out to, to really follow through and, and submit this stuff. So the ones that do, and the ones that are really, really good, I always take notice of. And um, I try to mentor. There's a singer I'm mentoring right now that I met through my workshop. Mm 
Mm. And he's, he's a living doll and he drops everything for any opportunity and he's there to learn. And he comes and sits in on sessions with me just to watch and mm. comes to, you know, tapings of things that we're recording just to watch, just to bring in all the information that he can, mm. um, you know, those singers are going to do fine. They're going to make it. Mm. They're gonna be great. You have to have a, you have to have a voice, you know, behind that. But it takes a lot of, you know, ambition and a lot of drive to follow through and a lot of believing in yourself, even when you really don't, you know, you kind of have to push yourself. Mm. And um, that's really what, you know, what it takes to succeed. I've known so many great singers, incredibly great singers that just don't have the follow through. They don't show up on time. They don't, you know, submit their paperwork. They don't, you know, follow up. They don't, they're, you know, and they don't end up having careers. Mm. So there's a difference between being a singer, being a great singer and having a career. There are two separate things. And, you know, you really have to look at it like, this is not my job. You know, singing in a bar is not my job. You have to look at it like a career. And what can you do to get from the bar to watching a film and hearing your voice on, on the end credits, you know, how do you get from the bar to there? And not that the bar is a bad place because you can always do the bar and do the session singing, you know, whatever your passion is, Mm -hmm. but it's just the follow through. It's the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It really is a huge, huge part of this career. Mm. Yeah. These are long answers. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wonderful. This is wonderful. I'm, you know, I'm certainly taking it in and we all, you know, we all ask these questions, like, yeah. you know, the the how of it is like the yeah. biggest question. You know, you see somebody certainly with, you know, credits like yours and you're like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's such a, I mean, there is that big thing in common is the follow through and just sort of the belief in yourself and that willingness to be vulnerable. I yeah. think it's also such a singular experience that, when I think of, you know, how, or when, when we all think of how, it's just sort of like, gosh, I mean, everybody's on their own journey. So it's, kind of, you know, yeah. it's kind of a, a big question. Um, it is. And everybody has a different way. And I'm sure with yeah. you doing these interviews, I'm sure you get a lot of different answers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've known singers who grew up in the session industry because their parents were session singers. Mm-hmm. I've known, you know, singers that didn't start singing until they were 25 and left college to join a band and ended up falling into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's everybody has their own story. But from my career and my standpoint, you know, and the other people that, you know, uh, kind of have similar or like uh, careers that I know very well in the business. Mm-hmm have such a strong business, um, you know, application to what they do, even though we're creatives, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to pick up the phone, hear things you don't want to hear. You were talking about vulnerability. And I think that is incredibly spot on Mm. many, many, many times I have been told that someone didn't like my voice or someone didn't like the vocal, but they paid for, or, you know, there's been, or the direction was wrong, or I sang it too country and, or I sang it too pop or I, you know, there, whatever it might've been. And you, you can't take that stuff like to your heart and be crushed on the ground. Mm. You have to take it just like a business person. Like if you came to install a soda machine and the soda machine wasn't giving everyone their sodas, you're not going to drive off a cliff because the soda machine broke down. You're going to fix the soda machine because that's what you do. Otherwise your company, you know, falls down and you don't have a reputation and nobody's going to call you anymore. And that's basically just like what it's like being a professional. If you do a job, you know, you think you're doing your best, you leave and they call you and say, yeah, you need to come back. You know, this wasn't exactly what we were thinking of, or, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever the case might be, you have to just be open and vulnerable to hearing the the not so great things in addition yeah. to the great things, yeah. you know, um, most of the time I'd say 
uh, you know, people are hiring you because they know your voice, they know you, they know of you, mm -hmm. they know what to expect of you. So, you know, once you start establishing yourself, they know who's walking in the door. Right. But when you're starting out, they don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your personality has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be very flexible and, and open and vulnerable. That is the key word. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen many, many singers completely shut down because someone said, you know, can you watch your pitch on that? You know, watch your pitch, mm. um, which we all do. I mean, unless you've got perfect pitch and, you know, it's like we all float flat and sharp sometimes. We're not perfect. It's a human right. instrument right. and it depends on how much rest we had and what we ate the day before. And I mean, you know, as some people are incredibly sensitive, their throats are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen singers throw their headset down, you know, get their stuff and leave crying, right. quit on the spot. Like, I mean, I'm just sitting there going, Oh my gosh, if someone says, watch your pitch, you say, okay. And you watch it. You know? <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. so it's like you just, you, you have to be open. You have mm -hmm. to understand that um, everybody is not going to be thinking exactly the way that you're thinking and that you're working for that person and that you're there to do that job, to give them what they want. Um, if you're Whitney Houston, you don't have to do that. You know, you walk in a room and every, or Celine Dion and everyone says, Oh my gosh, it's the queen. You sing and you leave. Right. And as a professional singer, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll have some clients that treat you like that, which is really amazing. But mm -hmm. most of the time you're there to do a job and you have to be open and willing and excited to be there. And, um, you know, uh, you have to be able to receive and, and receive criticism and fix it on the spot and change things. And it's just, it's a, it's an interesting, fun job. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Mm. Um, what was the, the, the worst or maybe the toughest gig you've ever had and what did you learn from it? I've been so lucky. Yeah. I've, I've had, Oh, I've had some, some interesting things I've had. <clears throat> I had a, a producer once give me a timeout. Um, and it was just, it was just a, a background vocals on a record. And I was working for a client that I knew very well and I worked for him all the time. And I, I showed up and it was some other guy there that he had hired to produce it while he was out of town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I self-produce most of the time. But if there is a vocal producer hired, I listen to the vocal producer, yeah. you know, um, and take in what they say, even if I may not agree, mm -hmm. um, I do what they want me to do. And this guy just kept giving me, um, you know, a critique of again. So like I would, you know, they'd say, uh, the sun is, the sun is hot, you know, the sun is hot. And he'd say again, and I'd say the sun is hot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> again okay the sun is hot you know i'm just going to completely keep doing it over and over and over again consistently exactly the way <laughs> that i think it should be done unless you give me some constructive criticism like yeah. okay maybe not so much h on the word hot you know yeah. so then you go the sun is hot you know the sun is hot and it's not so hot. okay yeah. <laughs> he's not giving me anything he's just saying again 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 so i finally just said i'm so sorry but unless you tell me what you want different, I'm just going to keep doing what I think is right. Yeah. And he basically said I had an attitude problem and that I needed to take a time out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, and I, at the time I had a very young son and I knew exactly what a time out was and wow. I just couldn't believe he was treating me this way. And I said, no, I don't need a time out. I need to finish this. Because I, I had a second session after this one. I said, I need to get out of here and get to my next job. Needless to say, the guy would not continue unless I actually like went into a corner and oh. sat there and had a timeout. Oh. And I never did. I ended up, I said, here, I'll, okay, I'll have a timeout. So I opened the vocal boot door. I walked out. I turned around and went back in and said, we have to finish this, you know, because he wasn't giving me any any kind of constructive criticism or any kind of direction as a producer. 
he wasn't saying you're singing this too rough you're singing this too soft you're singing you know maybe yeah. if you attempt it this way like it was literally he just kept saying again so i would say that was probably one of my worst like studio experiences <laughs> and i ended up just leaving um you know i got the job done and then i just walked out the door and i called my client and said oh my god like what was that um I've seen a lot of people fired, which is not fun. Mm. And I've had, unfortunately, a few <clears throat> men that didn't like um, the fact that I was a woman. I've had that. Mm. Um, I've been told I, that, you know, I was a handful at home or I must be a handful at home. Um, wow. I've been told uh, to know my place, that I'm not in the kitchen. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've, I've been there. Are these producers or are these people that you hired as a vocal contractor that were kind of... These are, these are producers that hired me. Yeah. And I was put in a position like um, one time I was hired by a vocal contractor in a group three and there was three of us and the contractor's uh, grandmother had passed away and he had to leave the job and just said, can you please take over and bring another third singer in? And, you know, he trusted me with that. And I said... Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I had his back and he jumped on a plane and left. So I show up to the job and the, and the man that was in charge was not happy that a man was not in charge. Mm. So he, he grilled me and pushed me all day. Mm. It was very, very tough. And, um, but we got the job done and I was, you know, as kind as I could be about it. But when, when I got in my car, I cried a good 10 minutes, you know, it's like, <laughs> occasionally, you know, we will run into that. We will yeah. run into someone who is not a fan of us or, you know, was hoping to get something different. And, and then we walked in the door and it's, and, you know, it's a change of plans and it, it may not even have to be about you. It just happens to be about the fact that someone changed their plans. Mm. So I've definitely run into that. I've run into artists that were difficult singing background on television shows. I've been screamed at, um, oh. you know, things like that. Um, but you know, what, what's great about working for yourself is that you don't have to work for them again. True. And that is really the bottom line. Um, and it hasn't happened to me a lot. I will be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients have been incredible and I still have, Long-standing clients, 20 years going, which is amazing. Um, Disney, I work for all the time. You know, everybody there is wonderful. I've never been treated with anything but respect. Um, just, you know, amazing people, amazing companies, clients all over the world. They're, you know, they're generally incredibly respectful. And they're hiring you because they they're hiring you. You know, you're in a position of giving them something that they want and, and they treat you very respectfully. But occasionally you'll run into, you know, being in a room with someone that doesn't like you, um, you know, someone that doesn't want you in that position mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a leader or a contractor. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to kind of just know how to navigate it. And sometimes it can be difficult, but um, most of the time, you know, as long as you stay level-headed, which I've been able to, I, I have, I have walked out on two sessions in my entire career. Mm. One of, one of which was the guy was just being so disrespectful to me that I just said, I'm the wrong singer for this. And, mm. you know, and, and I ended up referring him like a bunch of singers that I thought would be better suited for what he needed. Mm. And then I warned all of them that this man was horrible. You know, it's like, that's basically <laughs> That's basically how that goes but mm. you, know, you don't take it personally mm -hmm. and you have to just again remember uh that you're supplying you know um you're giving them something they hired you for a service mm -hmm. and keep that in mind yeah yeah i'll switch gears a teeny bit um how did singing for joe walsh come about and actually, I think um, you and my friend Melanie were on the same tour together. Yes. Yes, yeah. I love Melanie. Um, okay. Well, that, that kind of goes back to um, when I was talking about my workshop and meeting other singers and mm -hmm. meeting vocal contractors and different people who mm -hmm. are in positions to hire you. 
Um, this is basically that kind of story. One of my dear friends, Amy Keys, who I've known forever, I met her on a tour, touring with Katie Lang, with mm-hmm. my other dear friend, Kate Markowitz. And I didn't know Amy before that tour. That was in year 2000. And um, we ended up just becoming great friends. And we sing together, you know, whenever possible. Um, whenever I can hire her, I do. Whenever she can hire me, she does. Right. She's a fantastic singer. Um, and, you know, that basically that starts your network. There's going to be a, a small group of people that create a network around you. And it's, it's those no-brainers. Like, you don't have to even worry about whether this person's going to show up, whether they're going to be likable, whether they're going to be pliable, whether they're going to be, you know, sing in key or whether they have a great voice or great ideas. Um, whether If the producer changes lanes on you like that, which they can, okay, today we were going to do, you know, a country song, straightforward, you know, group, uh, group three backgrounds. Now we're going to have each one of you come up to the mic and do a lead on something you've never heard, you know, mm-hmm. and then we want you to sing it in French. <laughs> and, and that's happened, you know, and yeah. so you have to have singers that are just like, okay, you know, great. Even if they don't do it incredibly well, you know, even if they don't sing in another language perfectly, they're up for it. Yeah. So you have your network of, of singers that is a small network and you just know every time you call them, they show up no matter what the situation is. And those people are important to know. So Amy Keys is one of those people to me. And um, she does a lot more live singing and touring than I have ever done because I had a baby right after I finished touring with Katie Lang. Um, my ex-husband and I, you know, uh, got pregnant and, and had a child. And I said, nah, I don't, I don't think I ever want to tour again. You know, I wanted to be home and mm-hmm. we had a studio in our home and a lot of my clients would come to me or I would go to them locally. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had such, um, such a busy session career that, you know, I was doing three to four sessions a day and there, mm-hmm. I just couldn't do all the jobs I had. So leaving town was, you know, not really an option for me. And also the session singing paid like five times the amount a road gig would pay. Oh, wow. So it, to me, it just seemed like this was a no-brainer. So, you know, I stayed home and I didn't do much touring. And I would be called for, you know, an occasional tour. And it was really hard to turn down sometimes. Um, I did some one-off dates, you know, Joe Cocker and Elton John and, you know, James Taylor and things like that, but um, not not big tours. So with that said, um, just a few years back, um, I was kind of in a place in my life where I thought, man, I would love to just jump on the road, you know, just kind of get out of here feeling. And um, I sent a message to Amy and said, Amy, if any live gigs come up, like, will you throw my name in the hat? Like, I really want it. I really just want to travel and, mm. you know, kind of get a break. It was right after Glee ended. We had done that for seven years. And I just wanted to step up to a microphone and sing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was also really involved in songwriting for a good four or five years where I was just writing, you know, at least four different songwriting sessions a week in addition to singing so I was burnt. I was really burnt out. And I just wanted to have fun, get on a stage and sing. Mm-hmm. So a couple months later, she wrote me and said, hey, I put your name in the hat for this tour. I'll let you know if it comes through. And I was like, who's it for? Because that's another thing. I'm kind of a snob. I kind of have to really love who I'm touring with because you got to hear their music over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to like what you're doing. So especially with touring, because you live with these people day in and day out, on a bus, on a plane, you know, in a hotel. Um, So anyway, a couple months later, she texted me and said, hey, they chose you for this tour. And I was like, Amy, you have to tell me, who is it for, you know? And she said, it's Joe Walsh. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) it was so exciting. I'm a huge Eagles fan and, uh, and Joe Walsh fan. So I said, yes. And I knew Melanie. I didn't know her very, very well, but I knew of her through my ex-husband, Ken, Ken Stacy, who is an amazing singer and vocal coach. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I knew Melanie and I didn't know Connie, Connie Jackson. And um, we got put together and we did a very, very small thing with Joe. I think we did four or five weeks with him. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up changing the band and doing a big, you know, a couple big tours. And then I, I stayed on with the band. I, I don't know how. He kind of changed everybody for, I don't know what reason, but he changed everybody, I think, but me and the bass player. Wow. And brought his old singing section back and kept me in there. So there was four of us. Mm. And, uh, and then I just fell madly in love with those girls. It's Leslie Page and, and Lois Mahalia and then Ricky Washington. Oh, I mean, it's just an, it's a group of angels. I can't even tell you. And then I met my husband who was the drummer. And so it was like, (laughs) yeah, so it's been a really great gig for me. Um, My husband, Chad Cromwell, and I stood literally three feet from him and fell madly in love with him for a long time before we were actually together. So the Joe Walsh gig has been amazing. I think we're still going to do some stuff with him. I'm not sure because the Eagles stole him away from us. But um, we're all very, very tight. The band is still tight. And this, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I see Lois and Leslie as much as possible. And, um, and again, they became part of my network and people that, that I hire when I can. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's how I got the gig is knowing Amy Keys and knowing, you know, knowing other singers and putting that out there, putting, you know, sending an email out to people. Hey, any kind of life thing comes up, keep me in mind. And then you're in their mind, you know, and if you don't do that stuff, that stuff just doesn't just magically appear most of the time. You kind of have to ask for it. How often would you say you do something like that? You send out an email or or send a text and just say, you know, keep me in mind. What have you got yeah. going on? You know? Yeah. That, you know, it is a difficult thing to do. Cause I, I know whenever I do it, I feel like, you know, right. you hear a bomb go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> so I think the most important way, or I mean, not the most important way. I think the, the best way to go about it mm-hmm. is to do a new reel. And that's what I do every couple of years. You don't have, you know, I, I used to do it once a year. Um, and you know, now I have so many of the same clients that it's kind of ridiculous when I send them my vocal reel since I've been working for them for so many years, but there's still people that I meet all the time that I sing for that I've never met. And when you do an updated reel, you can send an updated photo in an updated reel to everyone that's in your email list or, Uh, on Facebook or however you want to market it. And it basically just puts you in their mind. I don't think I've necessarily ever texted anyone and said, Hey, if you're looking for a singer, let me know. I don't think I've ever done that, but I definitely have reached out to, um, you know, composers and producers and um, networks and people that I've worked for in the past and said, here's a new song. Here's Mm -hmm. a new video. Here's a new reel you know, just letting you know, um, you know, keep me in mind for anything that comes up. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the best way to go about it from a business standpoint, because when I receive those emails, I receive them really well. Mm. When people constantly text me, you know, once a week or once a month, Hey, any jobs coming up like that, that can get overbearing because you know, you wish there were jobs you could hire everybody on, right? You wish you could hire everybody. And, um, you know, most of the time, if they're right for something, you know, you already have them in your mind. Occasionally reaching out to people and saying, please keep me in mind, I think is, is important. I think you, you need to get past the, oh my gosh, your bomb going off and the rejection, um, possible rejection or someone just going, Oh God, them again, you know, in their head. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do think occasionally it's important to do. I really do. Even at my place in my career, I still do it. Mm. So it's, I think it's really important. And I think if I hadn't reached out to Amy and said, please keep me in mind for anything live, there's no way she would have thought of me for Joe Walsh's tour. There's just, I did, I wasn't really a touring singer and I'm not really normally in that bag. Like Melanie tours with everybody. Like, I mean, it's what, 20, 
20, 30 people that she constantly tours with, everyone from Barry Manilow to Aerosmith to John Mayer to, you know, I don't have the touring resume like that. I've just done, you know, I've only toured with two artists. It's Katie and Joe Walsh. Um, even though I've done a lot of live singing and again, like I've done spot dates with a lot of amazing people, um, amazing people. It's, you know, it's not really my bag. Mm. But since I've been touring with Joe, it has opened doors for me a lot more as a live background singer. Mm. And I, and I kind of re, um, discovered the fun of that. And, you know, my son's older now and, um, I'm able to leave town and, you know, my ex-husband sings for Ambrosia and he's always touring. And, um, you know, it just, I rediscovered the fun of live singing. It's just for a good solid 10 years, I just didn't want to leave town. Right. You know, and again, there was so much union work and there was so much demand um, that it made no sense to, to leave town in the first place. But, but now it's, um, it's just, it's a great experience. And if you can do both, it's like, yes. I mean, I look at so many singers um, that do both that, you know, sing with Lady Gaga or sing with Taylor Swift and then they're at home doing sessions. And I think that nowadays you can do both. Before, back in, you know, the early 2000s, you kind of had to pick a lane because people just thought, oh, they're touring and they won't call you, you know? Mm. Now people live everywhere and record remotely and can get on a plane and go there. And like, I mean, there's just not one big town you have to live in anymore. Mm, That's awesome. So um, I've got one last question for you. (laughs) What is some of the best advice you've ever received? Huh? Wow. That's a really great, that's a great question. Hmm. Some of the best advice that I've ever received would be to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) To uh, because I have a mouth and sometimes I can just go on and on and on and on (laughs) and put my mouth in and put my foot into my mouth. And and I think it's observing. It's really to be Mm -hmm. to observe a little bit more when you walk into a room where you don't know a lot of people. I think the last thing you want to do is jump on someone's lap and go, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so and and I've done this and I've done that. And, oh, I'm such a fan of yours. And da, 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 da. Like I've seen that happen and I've seen that go wrong. Oh dear. I think, yeah. And I think sitting back and being a little quiet and observant at first, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of getting it, taking the temperature of a room, taking a temperature of who's in charge What's the vibe? Because every session, every job, every live gig, everything you do has a temperature and you have to kind of take that and say, okay, is this crazy fun? Anything goes? Is this be very, you know, quiet and contained and, you know, reserved? You have to kind of gauge that. So I think that was the best advice was, you know, just kind of be observant. don't walk into a room and be a blabbermouth and tell your whole life story. Yeah. Um, not everybody cares. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do, do your job the best that you can. And then once you see how the room is going, then obviously always be yourself, you know, that you definitely can't change. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, be, be observant, especially in um, a professional singing environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, great. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Also not to, not to give up and, you know, um, I've had a lot of people say, if you're not hitting this out of the park within six months, you should just do something else. And then I had a few people say, whatever you do, don't give up. And I'd say that's probably also some of the best advice. Cause if, you know, mm-hmm. if you do give up, you, you really never do know. Yeah. Stick it out and keep trying. So true. So true. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. This is so generous of you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate your time and doing this really cool, you know, podcast for singers. I think it's so important. I wish I had this stuff when I was coming up because 
you know, I would be the first to be listening to this kind of stuff and, um, and trying to know as much as possible. I think it's really cool that you do this. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh my goodness. So I loved that. I got so much out of it and I hope you guys did too. So much wisdom, so many golden nuggets. Loved it. Okay. So, um, quick singing lessons. Number one, keep your reel updated and send it to your clients, colleagues, and friends to keep yourself top of mind. Also do this when you have a new video or song. Number two, be observant. When you step into a new professional situation, take the temperature of the room and gauge the vibe. Every job, live gig, session, writing room has a temperature and you have to take it. Number three, do what you can to set yourself up so that you have as few financial obligations as possible while you're pursuing your singing career. Number four, take the steps toward what you want and follow through. There is a big difference between being a great singer and having a career. The through line amongst great singers is that they follow up and follow through. Number five, take a workshop to sharpen skills you already have and build new ones. It's also a great way to get in the room with someone who might hire you one day. It's also an excellent way to build your singer community. Number six, you have to be flexible. Be able to receive criticism and fix things such as your pitch, enunciation, right on the spot. Number seven, always keep in mind that you're providing a service. Number eight, have a small network of singers you can rely on to step in for you if need be. You want them to be reliable, take care of their voices, show up on time, and have a flexible, friendly attitude. Number nine, we have to be willing to be vulnerable to hearing the not so great things in addition to hearing the great things. Number 10, what's great about working for yourself is that you can choose who you work for. Number 11, don't give up. If you do give up, you'll never know what might've happened. So we've put all of that into a cheat sheet, which you can download in the show notes. Also in the show notes is all of Wendy's social media links. So you can get in contact with her there. Um, you can get in contact with her at wendywagner.com. Um, also about her workshop, that's here in LA, March 9th. That's a Saturday. Spots are going fast, and I think you do have to apply, so you'll want to do that as soon as possible. Um, I have the flyer with all of the information on the WorkingSingerPodcast.com, so you can find that on Wendy's page there. And there's a link in the show notes that'll take you directly to that. So again, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. DM me on Instagram. I'm at Jamila Ford Music. And send me an email. Keep in touch. I love hearing from you at Jamila at JamilaFord.com. That's J-A-M-I-L-A at jamilaford.com and also please go on to apple podcasts and rate subscribe and leave a comment it only takes 30 seconds to leave a comment and it really helps other people to find the podcast who i think would get a lot out of it so that's everything so thank you again so much for listening i'm having so much fun doing this i'm really loving hearing your comments again dm me on instagram i love you i appreciate you i will see you next week 